On August 5th in Chile, there was an accident uh, in a mine. And uh, 33 miners, not, not those less than 18, uh, but those, that's ORS, but miners, ERS, although having 33 miners trapped in a ditch would be, no, uh, uh, were lost. They didn't know where they were. They didn't know if they were still alive. They're 2,300 feet below the surface. Now imagine you're one of those miners of the 33, and you're in uh, your emergency shelter. You've made it. You're alive. And day one goes by. And you're like, man, they're going to they're gonna get us. They know about the, they, they've got to know about the tragedy. They've got to know where we are. Day two, day three, day six, day 10, day 12, day 15. 33 guys wondering, are they ever going to find us? No contact with the outside world. No way of knowing that if they've given up, there's no way to say we're still down here. Please don't give up on us. We're still alive. There's no way to communicate. And on day 17, those 33 miners are in this uh, emergency kind of shelter, 2,300 feet below the earth, and uh, they hear a little drill. I don't know if that's what the drill sounded like, but in my mind it did. And it pokes through the top of where they're at. And they realize they've just been discovered. Now those 33 miners during this time, they had water, but what they ate every 48 hours, they each got two spoonfuls of tuna fish. Now, tuna fish (laughs) with 33 sweaty guys in a room, I don't know if I could handle that (laughs) myself, but I guess when it comes to survival... And so uh, this drill bit comes through and they tied a little note onto the end of it and said, we're still alive. And when that drill bit made its way all the way up, there was a camp above that mining hole called Camp Hope. And when it came up, cheers went out through Camp Hope. And the word got out in all of Chile that these miners had been found. The miners that everyone was worried about, and they started honking their horns and singing the Chilean national anthem, which I'm sure is awesome. I don't know it, but I'm sure it sounds great, especially when you have a whole bunch of Chileans singing it and honking their horns. They were excited. These miners who were dead to them are now alive. Now imagine the euphoria you would feel being in that, with those miners. You wouldn't care. They're all, you know, they, they put a video camera down. They all have their shirts off because it's hot down there. They were probably all hugging each other and, you know, oh, God, man. And so, you know, but they're so excited. Then they get the news. This, you can read about it, right? It's going on right now. You'll be out around Christmas time. 2,300 feet below the surface, 33 sweaty guys, and you're just sitting there going, Christmas time. That's, and in Chile, they celebrate Christmas the same time we do, okay? So you can do the math. It'll work out. Like, well, maybe in Chile they do it on, you know, September 5th. That's not too bad. No, it's December 25th. And so you begin this process of going, man, how am I going to make it? I was lost. I'm found. There's this euphoria. But how am I going to make it day to day all the way until the time I can get up to Camp Hope? How am I going to make it? You see where this is going, don't you? See, we, we heard about Curtis. I'm so proud of you, Curtis. Where are you? Man, great job. Yeah, sharing his faith. It's really cool. 
You get that, that sense of salvation, of euphoria, of, man, I was blind and now I can see. And then it comes this day-to-day time. How do you get through the day-to-day? Because your problems don't go away. Your family doesn't go away. The issues, the, the decisions you've made in your life, those consequences sometimes continue. How do you make it day-to-day? Well, you know what, you know what they did is, for these miners, after the little drill went down and they were able to put a note on that came up that said they were, they were alive, they, they bore another hole. It was about the size of a grapefruit. And that came down. And, and what they would do, they'd take these plastic containers that they called doves. And they'd load the plastic containers with like protein packs and all this kind of stuff, things to kind of sustain them while they're down there. And so the dove would come down and they'd open it up and they'd distribute all the protein packs and they'd get all, but you know what those miners were waiting for the most? Letters. Letters from their loved ones who were camped at Camp Hope. They were saying, hang in there. You can make it. You can do it. We know you're down there. We know what you're going through. And, and when you read, let, let me just read uh, part, of, part of one of these letters that uh, a wife wrote to one of these miners she said she starts writing him love letters and here's what she says she says can you imagine after 30 years of marriage we will start sending each other love letters again Ramirez said giggling despite exhaustion after camping out in the plastic tent at the mine's head camp hope for nearly three weeks and as you read articles on how, on the letters they're writing and, 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 and uh, you know, kind of the, the, the sense of, of hope and yet, man, it's going to be a while till we can be together. And, you, and they talk about the different people writing letters and they'd write something and then cross it off. And nah, that's not quite what I want to say. I want to say it just right so they don't, they don't lose any hope, that they know it's from me. I don't want to say anything that's going to discourage them. I, I want them to know how much I love them. And this didn't come out right, so I'm going to cross it out. And so they're, they're laboring over these letters so that just the right words go to those miners. Now imagine you're down in that mine shaft it's dark, you got, they have some lights, their little, their little helmet lights work, and they have a, a car battery on there that charges those up, and they're trying to get video down there and all this kind of stuff. But imagine you're down there, and a dove comes down, those plastic boxes, and it opens it up, and it's from your wife. It's from one of your kids. They're saying, Daddy, we're waiting for you. We love you. Hang in there. We're so proud of you. Or you get a pic, you know, a stick picture you know what you get when you're a dad or it's you're a son and your father sending you something and you just you, and you just you open up but what do you do you just read it over and over and over again how did the soccer game go how did this you just want to know everything because you know that is not where you're supposed to spend the rest of your life you know you belong up top i want to talk this morning about a love letter that's been sent to us it's the word of God. Now, God has been speaking to his children throughout all of creation. When uh, God created Adam and Eve, he was communing with them in the garden, talking to them. He gave them uh, all these things. He gave them jobs. He gave them meaning and purpose. And he gave them a tree that they weren't supposed to eat from. We all know this story. They ate from it and they messed everything up. It's why Alex's guitar strings break when he's leading worship. Sin. It just happens. It just messes everything up, right? And so so it, 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 they messed everything up. But listen, God didn't stop speaking. 
And so all of a sudden, Cain kills Abel. And God's like, hey, where's your brother? He, he's talking. He's speaking. And he uses all different kinds of ways. When he met with Moses, he was a burning bush. He, he, kinda, he did it like a burning bush. And, and then never did that again. You're like, man, that's so weird. And then when the Israelites came out, he was a pillar of fire and a, a cloud by day. And he'd meet with Moses face to face and talk to him. No more burning bush. God spoke to David, spoke through David. God spoke to Solomon, David's son, and spoke through Solomon. God spoke to the prophets, and then he spoke through the prophets. All these different ways God's speaking. You know, one of the great, loudest ways God speaks is through creation. As we study more and more about creation and how it all fits and how it fits from the tiny molecular uh, all the way up to the cosmos is incredible. God is speaking. And then God had Moses pen the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, and then Joshua came, and then Judges, and first and second Samuel. He just kept going on and on and on. And God has left us with this love letter, his word. Let me, let me give you a, a kind of just some insight into what God's trying to do. Because you, you take God who's so, I mean, we can't really wrap our heads around it. And for those of you who are getting, you know, like the kids are driving you crazy, relax. There we go. That's, oh, I'm almost going to kill myself. There we go. And so, I mean, imagine God. He's, he's, he's invisible. He's immortal. He's eternal. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere, and you're trying to get us to understand something. He explains it in Isaiah this way, Isaiah 55, verse 9. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth. This is the example he's using. So like, I don't know if you ever watched the Discovery Channel or the Science Channel, but they're just seeing, man, it's like, I don't know how many billions of light years there are. I mean, it just, the universe goes on and on and on and on and galaxy after galaxy. God is saying, and Isaiah didn't even understand it at the time. We actually understand more now. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now just sit with that for a second. Oftentimes we get so caught up in, you know, if God's loving, why is there evil in the world? All this kind of stuff. He is so far beyond all that. It's great to pontificate on it and his word reveals a lot. But let me tell you, it's not going to reveal he's just too big. And so he says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And he goes on, and he gives this word picture that's amazing. He says, as the rain, you know, the rain came down and the floods came up. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Now that's, he's saying, listen, just like that, this rain comes down and when it lands, it, 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 it brings growth. Just like that, watch what it says in verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. This is our heavenly father speaking to us. Just like that, his word goes out. Maybe maybe it was a burning bush. Maybe it was through the prophets. Maybe it was through ever. But now we see his word is this. His word is every time he speaks. And so for Isaiah at this time, he didn't have 
2 Thessalonians, but it applies. It's God's word. It goes, it goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. When God speaks, which he's done in his word, it does not return empty. You know what? I forgot first sermon, the main point. I never told them what the main point was. So I'm going to say it now because I totally forgot first service. I'm just thinking about that now. They're probably just scratching their head. They're probably never going to read the Bible again. What have I done? Okay, that's it. Okay, so, so I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, here it is. For, for, your, uh, for those of you who are... Nobody even said anything first service. I think that's the most demoralizing of it all. Okay, our best discovery is to understand more of God. That is our best discovery, to understand who he is, what he'd have for me, why he designed things the way he did. What about his nature? What about his loving kindness? What about his judgment? What about his compassion? The, 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 our best discovery is to understand more of God. Our best place to search is his word. God has revealed so much about himself in his word. And so... Isaiah is speaking, and Isaiah says, um, uh, by God, he says, so my word goes from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Do you know that every letter, every word of this book right here is there for a reason? Now, there are some things in here I do not understand. I can't even begin to understand it, but it's there for a reason. And when I read it, even though I don't understand it sometimes, it doesn't return void to God. God goes, I knew you wouldn't understand that. Don't worry about it. It's there for a reason. You'll find out sooner or later, either now or in eternity. And I think most of eternity is going to be me going, oh, oh. Like revelation to me, I don't understand half of the words in there. I think when I get into eternity, I'm going to go, oh, that's the bear from the north. I thought it was Kazakhstan or whatever. Because God's word doesn't return void. It's there for a reason. And so God says, man, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your ways. But I've sent you this thing for you to open up and take a look at. Let me, let me show you what a hunger for God's word looks like. This is going to blow your mind. It's in Psalm 119. Now, what Psalm 119 is, it's an acrostic. Psalm 119 has 22 sections of it. Every section is a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, okay? So in our alphabet, it'd be section 1A, and we'd have 24 sections. Uh, anyway, A, B, C, D, okay? And do we have 26? <laughs> Q, okay. Um, <laughs> A, B, C, D. Now, the first section, every stanza starts with A. The next one, every stanza. Now, we don't see that in the, in the English because it's, it's in Hebrew. So it would be like, you know, whatever their, their alphabet is. Now, watch. It's really important. Now, watch what David says about God's word. This is phenomenal. It's not up on our, on our board. You, it's spiritual boot camp. You can look for it yourself. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, so there we go. Okay, uh, just real quick. I'm sorry. I just have to do this. You, can, can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, thank you. Okay, Psalm 119. Now listen to this. 
because I wanted to do the youth, because here we go. How can a young man or young lady keep his or her way pure? It's a very good question. David answers it. By living according to your word. Easy, flat out, straightforward. How can a young man or young woman keep their way pure? By living according to his word. Verse 10, I seek you with all my heart. How do you do that, David? Do not let me stray from your commands. Okay, verse 11. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've, I've buried it deep in there so that whenever I need it, it's there so I won't sin against you. Verse 12, praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. Verse 13, with my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. Now, here's what's so amazing about this section of scripture. Do you know what David had for the word of God at his time? The most boring part of it, the first five books. I mean, I've seen many a year through the Bible program thwarted at numbers, okay? Like, it just happens. You get to Leviticus and you're like, man, I can't, I don't, I don't even have two bulls. I don't even know what, how do I? Now listen, this is so phenomenal, All David had was the boring part, and look how he loves the Word of God. We have 66 books, 66 love letters from God that say, here's more about my nature. Here's what I did. David had six. He had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua. Now, granted, he was living 1 and 2 Samuel at the time, so we'll throw in those two if you want, okay? That's all he had. And yet watch what he says in verse 14. I rejoice in following your statutes. Even the one about the doves and your neighbor's oxen. And I love them. I love all that stuff, David says. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in the book of Numbers, essentially. I will not neglect your word. Here's, 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 here's the thing for spiritual boot camp for me this week. And again, if you're new, we're going through this thing called spiritual boot camp, and it's just kind of to try and get us to rethink what we've always done in our spiritual life and maybe start to do things a little different. Maybe step it up a notch. I was talking with Zeke uh, Carabayo, for any of you who know him, and he goes, I just want to take one step forward and one step down. You know, one step farther and one step deeper. I thought, that's, yes, that's it. I mean, that's spiritual boot camp, just to go to the next level. Now, James talks about this, and we just have the blessing of having this part of the love letter sent to us, the book of James. It's, pheno- it's a phenomenal book. But I'm going to read the first uh, three verses out of James 1, 22 through 24, and then we'll put 25 uh, on the board. But, but, but this is the, it's just an incredible section of scripture, and some of you might know it already. It says, do not merely listen to the word. In other words, don't just come to church and listen and go, oh, that was cool. Or turn on the radio and go, oh, man, I love Chuck Swindoll or I love Chuck Smith or John MacArthur or whoever you're into. Man, that's, oh, great. That sounds great. The next section is so amazing. He says, and so deceive yourselves. You mean I can be deceived by listening to the word of God? Yes. Why? Do what it says is what James is saying. If you were to take pretty much the book of James and summarize it into one thing, it's shut up and do it. 
They've got a whole long thing about the tongue and gossip and fire and bridle and horses and stuff. All right? Read your Bibles. You'll understand what I'm saying. Do what it says. Now watch. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately he forgets what he looks like. And you, you've had this happen. I have had it happen week after week after week when I was sitting where you're sitting before I was standing up here. I'd go and I'd listen to the message and go, oh, dude, knocked it out of the park, rock. Oh, it was awesome. And Monday I go, how was service? It was cool, man. It was so good. It was so rich. What was it on? It was so good and so rich. It was on the Bible and how uh, we're supposed to live uh, righteous and be part of the Bible and read it. I forgot, right? Because I was just listening. Now watch what James says. We get this love letter. We're law, we, we, we have the euphoria of coming to Christ and now we realize we're down in this cave called earth and we got to live day to day until we can be taken up with him again. What are we supposed to do with this letter that we've been given? It's not just religion. It's not just a, a thing. He, watch, this is amazing. He says, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law. Now, this Greek word intently is to stoop down and examine closely. It's only used two other times in the New Testament, and it's when the disciples came to the tomb, and they went, he's not here. He's gone. That's to stoop down and to look intently. And James is saying, when you get to this letter from God, don't just read it to check it off. Don't just go, oh, yeah, I I got it. Oh, yeah, I memorized that, and... I did that, you know, stoop in and take a look. He says, it gets better. He says, intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, okay, and continues to do this. This is a daily thing. We have the privilege. No other time in human history have we had such great access to the word of God in so many translations so we can read it and really get an idea of what the original text is trying to say. And in no other time do we have more commentary. Oh my goodness. You could get what the greatest minds think about every single verse. No no time in history have we had the greatest tools that we have. If you go to um, blueletterbible.com, you can look at the Greek and the, the, all of everything you could possibly want. See where the other words are. Never before have we had this opportunity. We've never been so literate in human history as we are now. Being able to actually read for ourselves. And yet I would, I would say, and I think you'd agree with me, that we're no more knowledgeable about the scripture than we were a generation ago, two generations ago. I'm probably the luckiest pastor in the world because I've become a pastor at the time when there's tools that it would take a a pastor libraries full. And I can search like that. I can find anything at any any time. It cuts sermon prep by hours. Uh Uh-oh, did I just say that out loud? (laughs) Leaves more time for golf. No, right? Did I say that? No, right? But he says this. But the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. See, this stooping into God's word is to look and to go, man, this is what it's saying. How does that apply to me? God, I know this is hard to do. 
I don't know how I'm going to make it before you can drill. That's what they're going to do with these miners. They're trying to drill a 28-inch hole that goes to, I don't know why it takes so long, but it does, and then and to 28 so that they can be ra- raptured, essentially, <laughs> up to reality. Here's the challenge for this morning that I want to give us. Um, we had last week, we, we were talking about fasting, and, and we gave the challenge to fast one day of food um, last week, and I don't know how it did, but the good news is, if you got my email, we're extending it another week. As a matter of fact, if you fasted last week, I'd encourage you to do it again this week. And add to that a half an hour in the Word a day. Now, you might look at me and go, John, ha, 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 ha. I spend an hour in the Word each day. Okay, for you, smarty pants, it's an hour and a half. Okay? <laughs> Whatever it is to shake it up, however you have your quiet time, if you're really diligent about have your, having your quiet time in the morning, just your time with God in the Word, step it up a notch. And what we've done, instead of small group questions at the back, we've put some sections of Scripture. I think I lost mine. Oh, no, I didn't. I put it... Yeah. So... Um, there's seven days. Now, if you want to get really great, if you want to hide the word in your heart, if you really want to go, pick a section and memorize it. We, we on purpose, didn't put any of the, verse, the, like the words on there. You have to go look it up yourself, okay? That's part of boot camp. Know your weapon, all right? And so when you find it, when you find one, they're, they're listed by days there. If you find a section you want, try to memorize it. Pick one of the verses, two just keep going. Do, do the best you can. I'm going I'm to pick Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 4. I, first service, I just picked it randomly. And then I was like, oh, snap. What if I can't find it in front of all these people? So this time I put it right where I was supposed to go, just so I don't look bad. Uh, but ch- check this out. Uh, F- Philippians uh, 4, verses 4 through 9. And maybe this is how you want your, ti- your time in the morning or at night to go. But you just read it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, or brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything uh, is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, again, what took like 34 seconds? How do I get a whole half an hour out of that? Well, we have to look intently into the law that brings freedom. Now, watch the freedom that this brings when we begin to look at it like this. And this is why the word of God is so rich. This is why we take it out every day and we go, man, God, who are you? Why am I here? What is going on here? Watch. So I I would read it like this. Rejoice in the Lord always and go, oh man, really? Really always? Because that really what it means? And then I'd look up the Greek word and it would be always. Be so frustrating. Try to get around something, get a little loophole. It's not there. And I start thinking, God, how do I rejoice in you? It's not just rejoice. It's not just rejoice always. Oh, yeah, no problem. Rejoice in the Lord always. There's that prepositional phrase. And so we look at that and we go, wow, you know what? He's my source of rejoicing. God, you are my source of rejoicing. And in case you didn't get it, or I didn't get it, it says, I will say it again, rejoice. See, Paul even knows they're not going to get this the first time. I got to write it twice. 
So I thank God. Man, you're really trying to get, you see, you see how that goes? It begins to take more time. Why? Because I'm looking intently into the law. I'm looking intently into the letter that God has sent me. Now, for you, it might be different. It might be a different way of looking at it. I ask a lot of questions. Um, I like to get to part, parts that, um, you know, the Lord is near. I just start thinking about that. I rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. The Lord is near? What does that mean? Does that scare me? Why does that scare me? Does it make me happy? Why does it make me happy? You kind of just go through. God's word is rich. Now, there's seven of these uh, on, your, on your thing on the back. So if you're in a small group, typically we have small group questions uh, in the back. But th- this time, it's just these things. And maybe you, as a small group, want to grab a section of scripture and just go at it as a group. I don't understand this. Why does it say this? Oh, you know what? This really helped me one time. Peace that surpasses, that transcends all understanding. Just doesn't make any sense that I'd be peaceful about this right now. It's incredible. 